Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? It's a beautiful day. Literally, it's a beautiful day. Happy New Year 2022. Thanks. How's 2 treating you? We talked about this last time. What did you just say? How's 2 treating you? Oh. 2022. So far, so good. I just I shortened it to 2. How's 2 treating you? It's going to be the new it's trademark. It's going to be an amazing year. Yes. Amazing year. Why? Because we're going to... I I'm have zero science to back this up, but I firmly believe that COVID is going to be behind us completely. Like, I think we're done with that, and we're going to start, you know, getting back to normal. And I believe people, I, I, I'm going to give society the benefit of the doubt that what we've learned over this time period is to value some of the smaller things in life, like family and friends and gatherings and, you know, being with people and just traveling without issue and took the whole clan to florida one year worst two weeks i've had in my life i think that's i mean i have i have realized the once again how important and precious that is and netflix no yeah i don't care about netflix have you gotten into station 11 no what is this? On HBO? Oh my gosh, it's Wait, good. We we bounced from HBO from Netflix to HBO. Well, Netflix made me think about streaming, which then made me think about Station 11. I had an HBO post-apocalyptic sort oh. of something. I don't know. It's good. It's, is it? Yeah. It's I'll binge-worthy, it but out. they're like dropping one episode a week. Oh, I have to wait then until they're all out. We wait, did that with Yellowstone. You know, we're we still have not watched season 4 of Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh the only thing I have to compare it to is kind of like Lost. Mm. But not stranded on an island, more post-apocalyptic. Did you happen to catch the Leonardo DiCaprio movie on Netflix about the end of the world? So it's no. a made-for-Netflix movie, and it was basically a, about a comet. Don't look up. I think is the is the is the movie. Sounds good. Was it good? Um. So <laughs> it's interesting. Unbelievable cast, mm-hmm. and I'm watching this movie, and it. Are you a Yellowstone fan? Uh, wife has started. She started binging on it, and she got too far in, so I couldn't. We couldn't watch it together. So, so at, I, but I saw pieces of it, and I was like, "That's you cool. need to watch it. But it's we amazing." Can't watch it at the same time because then I'll screw up her like resume watching. All so right, you're going too done. long in the explanation. Just yes or well, no? Just because, well, because I'm detracting I'm to come back. Interested in it? Oh my gosh! But I've not fully committed yet. Okay, there's a character in Yellowstone. His name is Jimmy, okay. and Jimmy. You know, he's not the sharpest tool in the drawer, in the shed, whatever. He's not the sharpest guy out there. Uh-huh. And there's a scene one time where somebody makes a comment, and he goes, he's so funny. He literally looks, he goes, I know that's an insult, but I don't know what it means. And he's, it's just his character, and it's just, you feel bad for him. And and the guy's like, something about, you know, if there's something in your boot, I'm not going to say it, but if there's something in your boot, you you know, you're too dumb to pour it out. And he's like, and he says it twice. He's like, I, I just know that's an insult, but I don't know what it means. Why would there be this in my boot? Anyways, 
I'm watching this movie, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is this must be the biggest sort of metaphorical movie to today, and I just can't pinpoint it. Like I, I know on the you know, hey, this this president is supposed to be like this president currently mm. or or previous, and this person is supposed to be like this, and this comet is supposed to represent this, and 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 I can't help but think when I'm watching this whole thing that it has to do with you know COVID and vaccinations because it oozes with this just political you know message and and it, from Hollywood and you know you can kind of go know where I'm going with that, so I'm watching it. It was okay. It, it kind of had this climactic yet very anticlimactic ending which the world ends so confused the world ends okay so the funny thing is is i'm out running and uh the next day or whatever and i don't know why but i'm out running and it hits me like a ton of bricks it was all basically about global warming and you know pollution and the world ending because of what we're doing to the environment that was it isn't that typical leo dicaprio uh, he, I don't know. Doesn't but, he do like quasi undertone political? Movies? I don't know. Maybe. I can't but remember. It, it, Maybe it not. Was, it was very. So I told my wife. I, I, I said I figured she was watching it as she was doing something. You know, I was into it. She was whatever. And I said I, I, I figured it out. It's about. She goes. I don't know. I think it's more about you know vaccine vaccine. You know the discussion about COVID and vaccines and blah blah blah. And I said no. I think. And then. I saw someone retweet the uh, writer, the author of the story, mm-hmm. and he said something like, awesome that you know the number one movie this week on Netflix is about global warming or something. So, Cool. Wow. Speaking of climatic anticlimaticness, let's get on with the show. <laughs> let's get on with the show. I was listening to our show as a, and I was running, and I loved our bro talk. I was I was out on a run and I was like flipping through Spotify stuff and it came up and uh, I was like, man, our bro talk is fire. Yeah, it's on point. Well, ever since we got flamed for it and mentioned it, people have said cheered us on. Basically, I just like the way you use the word flamed. I like the way we got flamed for it because we had like what, I know I never two, heard it used that way. One like or two that. messages where we were like too much bro. T- well, one review I think. Yeah. And then and another we're six minutes message. into bro talk now, so let's go. Let's go! We got a question from Eric up in Canada. Eric, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, fellas. This is Eric calling in from Canada with a question for you. I'm in my mid-20s, currently making about 120 k annually. I have around $250,000 invested, primarily in low-cost ETFs tracking the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500. My intention is to hold these for the very long term and I'll be able to retire with a military pension in my mid-40s. I currently have a house with just under 400 k remaining on the mortgage at a 1.7% annual interest rate. My fiancé is just finishing up her secondary education, and once we're married, we would like to pay off student debt together as quickly as we can. Based on the average starting salary for her profession, she'll probably be earning a lot more than me, maybe somewhere around $180,000 to $200,000 annually. I'm wondering what you suggest we do in terms of priorities for our finances. Do we sell off of what is now our portfolio to pay for the loans from the education? Or should we keep holding the portfolio long and work together with our combined incomes to pay off the student loans as aggressively as possible? I know that in the long term, the market's return is, on average, greater than uh, 3.5%. So my guess would be 
to hold for the long term and just pay it off aggressively. But I was wondering what you guys think. Okay. First of all, I brought this question out from Eric. I think it was a while ago. I think this question was uh, quite some time ago. So obviously after this year, the Qs and the S&P, he's well over 300000 probably now in that account. So bravo, Eric. Um, but I brought it out for two reasons. One, because I think it's a good question to answer about you know prioritizing debt versus savings and investing, et cetera. And we can talk about that in just a second. But the other reason I brought it out is how indicative uh, it is of the unbelievable environment we find ourselves in right now. I mean, first of all, Eric, bravo to you for being in your 20s making $120,000 a year and having already saved 250000 That's not normal. This is not normal. I mean, it's awesome. I'm, I, I mean, but think, I want everybody at home who's listening to this, and I'm not trying to be, you know, some doom and gloomer. I'm really not. But it has been a long time since we've had anybody say, hey, I lost my job. And I'm trying to make ends meet. How do I bridge the gap? Blah, blah, blah. Do I borrow from my 401? I mean, this is indicative of the environment we're in. I'm making 120K in the military. I'm going to have a military pension by the time I'm 40-something. My wife's coming out of school. She's going to make 200. We got a quarter milli on the sidelines. I mean, holy cow. Holy bank balance. Okay. There you I, go. Just, I just wanted to get – I mean, that's – Awesome, mm-hmm. A, but wow, we're in a pinch yourself environment. We just are. Simple as that. Yeah, which All explains right. why maybe asset prices are uh, <laughs> all time highs, quote unquote high. Okay, because there's money floating around. Now, normally, if you were calling up and saying, "I'm," we're just getting started. You know, what do we do? Yada yada. We would we would follow our system, right? So, step number one, fast cash. Step number two, emergency fund. Step number three, ancillary debt. Step number four, oh, sorry. Step number three, retirement funds. Ancillary debt, wealth development. Okay, so that's the obviously stage uh, development of DIY money lifestyle. You uh, have already sort of gotten a step ahead because you have socked away a significant portion of capital, and you are on you know the trajectory to meet all your retirement goals. You're combining that, and I love, did you catch what he said? What will be ours? Mm-hmm. I love it. Already thinking in the, in the our format, not mine versus hers. Um, so in my personal opinion, as long, Eric, as you know, that the world is going to shift at some point, you are going to stare at your $300,000 portfolio, which will end up being 200000 because you're going to be down 30% at some point. I'm just throwing spitball numbers out. I don't know what you might reach five hundred thousand before you have a retracement. Who knows? But you're going to go through a significant decline at some point. And as long as you are okay psychologically with that, not all of a sudden making a terrible decision like, "Ah, oh, we should have just paid off this student loan. Let's go ahead and sell all this now and pay off this student loan." I think you stick with your plan. And the the reality is, when she starts making two hundred large. You live like she's not making anything, and you put that money towards her student loan debt. You continue to live off of your salary, and ultimately you let that money grow. My two cents. What say you, Daniel? That's pretty good. Um, My difficulty here is we don't know the student loan balances. Well, let's 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 pontificate. Let's say it's hundred grand. Yeah, 
So trying to think through when we were on our debt payoff journeys, uh, what we would have done in this scenario. Um, putting myself in those shoes. I mean, he's got long term capital gains tax on. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to come down to the tax ramifications of it. So uh, assuming that, you know, you sell this and you're going to have a pretty good chunk in tax. Again, I would, you know, like you said, use her income, pretty much all of her income to pay it down as quickly as possible. That leaves you liquidity in the invested account. If something happens job wise to pay off, not pay off, but, you know, make payments on that mortgage and so forth. Now, if the balances are small enough, you said that your goal was to get that paid off as quick as possible. So if the balances are small enough and you can, in a tax efficient way, liquidate some of your investments just to get it over with and the resaving timeline for kind of building back up in that investment account is short enough, um, then do it that way. But it's what makes that determination. I think it's psychological. Mm -hmm. And that's why I approached it psychological because, you know, on one hand, you could you can capitalize on the gains you have in your accounts at probably the lowest tax rates you're going to see. So long-term capital gains tax rate now 20%. Uh, I'm assuming, I don't know, if maybe it's different in Canada. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I know Probably it's different as in Canada. In, I mean, taxes will go up once she starts making income. So right. if you're going to sell. Now's the time, yeah. right? So it might even be 15% uh, that you could That'd take. That'd be the U.S. equivalent. U.S. equivalent. You could take uh, the, the balance and pay that off. If that's your psychological objective, you know, allow that to be the case. You probably have made that much, but depending on the balance, you probably have made that much in the in the accounts. Mm-hmm. But again, I I just think that the the trajectory they're on, this is one of those unique situations where assuming, and this is a big assumption because this is the danger. The danger of having debt, this is what I get all the time. People always look at the interest rates. Well, I'm getting one over here. I had somebody the other day, they have a 0% car loan. They're like, well, why would I pay this off? And I go, because it's still debt. And the reality is, is that when the environment turns, and I know it's hard to believe it will, but it will, you are going to look at this debt and you are going to hate that you have debt while you're losing money in this account. And if you can't stomach sitting there while it loses money, you will be inclined to sell at lows and pay that off. And that's a terrible decision. Yeah. So I think for me, if he could pay off the student loans or if they could pay off the student loans uh, with about a third of the investments and do it in a tax efficient way, that would probably for me uh, be the tipping point if this was my personal financial situation. Because then it's done. It's out of mind. You still have debt. You still have the mortgage. But you've got you've left enough then in the investment account. Let's say he's at 300000 You take $100,000. let us say, for instance, that pays off all the student loans. You still have $200,000 in the investment account should you know uh, things get a little rough that you can kind of cash flow the mortgage if they both lost jobs. He's probably not going to lose his job. He's in the military. Um, so feel pretty good about the fact he's going to be able to you know keep paying bills at least for a, a time period. Uh, even if the economy goes rough. So Daniel says is if it's less than 100 he would pay it off with the money in the balance. Would, yeah, my personal. I mean, that's that just give me peace of mind. It's yep. gone, and then she enters the workforce, you're cash flowing. Uh, because the, the thing about the difference between a mortgage debt and a student loan debt is student loan debt, um, any, kind of, any kind of debt that is uh, the resourcefulness is behind you. Um, so like a auto debt, not necessarily the same thing, but I mean, credit card debt, student loan debt, anything like that, where you've already enjoyed effectively the fruits of it, like you've gotten through it. Um, so typically when people are out of school, student loan debt is just like this anchor that weighs on you because you're done with school now. 
and you're still paying off school, which is really annoying. And so just mentally and emotionally, sometimes it's nice to have that done. Uh, I don't think the same way through mortgages because you get to live in the house every day, which you would be renting otherwise. Uh, but when you can get in a position to pay off a mortgage, that is a great thing as well. Well, there you go, Eric. Good luck to you and, and bravo for the path you're on. Keep it up, and uh, we hope to uh, hope to hear from you and get an update. Let us know maybe in a year what you decided to do. All right, friends. Uh, what Eric did was send us a question to podcast at DIYMoney.org. That's podcast at DIYMoney.org, and we'll send him a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.